Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jennifer Shaheen about enhancing the customer experience and the digital user experience. Jennifer Shaheen, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, John. <laughs> it is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Rhode Island. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And we're going to have a really fun conversation today around customer and employee experience and the digital user experience. This is where all of your expertise comes into play. And I think it'll just be a lot of fun. Now, obviously, when we talk about customer experience, uh, that can include a lot of things. Uh, any end user, right? Um, we can view as the customer of our product or service. And, and for this, the sake of this conversation, we're going to be talking about customers in terms of uh, customer traditionally, but also internal customers to the organization in terms of the people, the employee experience, as well as the, the customer and consumer experience. And of course, on both ends, the digital user experience is so, so essential. And I think especially at this time during you know, what people have called the great resignation, the great reevaluation, employees have options and we need to enhance the, the uh, employee experience and the user experience, especially as it connects with uh, self-service HR processes and things like that. Um, we, we have to make sure that's a really great uh, experience for our people. Otherwise, you know, they're only going to put up for, with it for so long and then they're going to look for opportunities elsewhere where maybe they feel more valued, where it's an easier experience, where it's a, a more enjoyable experience. So that's what we're going to be exploring together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Jennifer's bio with everybody. Jennifer Shaheen is the e-marketing and technology therapist and is an expert at helping companies use technology to take advantage of effective marketing strategies and increase business productivity. Her businesses, the the Technology Therapy Group, empowers small businesses to use technology to market their services and their products through software training, e-marketing, and web design. Through years of experience, Jennifer has developed an understanding of how technology can be used in practical business applications. Her techniques have boosted sales, enhanced staff productivity, and increased market share for her clients. What a tremendous background. It's a pleasure to be with you, Jennifer. Anything else you would like to share with my listeners by way of your background and personal context before we dive on in further? Oh, sure. Thanks so much, John. Um, yes, um, 
I have been doing this a really long time and love it. Um, and um, I also sit on the board of uh, Martin Guitars as well. So I sit on the other side of our conversation today, um, looking at things that will help grow and enhance relationships from you know, a high level organizational perspective. So I'm very excited to dive in. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, with that, why don't we just start with um, the framing up of your company, the e-marketing and technology therapist uh, and the technology therapy group. I, I think that's a, a really fun name. Uh, <laughs> how did you come up with that? And, and tell us just a little bit more about the origins of your business and what you're trying to accomplish. Sure. So uh, the company name actually evolved. Uh, I started the business uh, my junior year at Hofstra University, and I was selling computers and I sell through education. I didn't realize I did it. I would explain things. People started asking me if I could um, teach them at home. And so that evolved uh, into my teaching people one-on-one -on -one at home. And then me saying, hmm, I need to learn a little bit more about this and started doing some education and training for another organization um, as a contractor. And then it sort of evolved from there. So I think for me at the core of who I am in technology for me has always been an opportunity for businesses to be more competitive uh, as long as they could get over some of the fears of using it. And that's where the education and training is because like anything in life, right? The more we learn about it, the less afraid of it we are. <laughs> You know, some people really embrace the technology and we, you know, we talk about generational differences and baby boomers, Gen X versus millennials and Gen Z and, and aptitudes towards technolo technological um, usage and, and, and whatnot. Uh, the mm -hmm. bottom line is regardless of, of kind of the stereotypes we might assign to certain generations or different groups of the population, everybody wants a good user experience, right? Uh, everybody wants it to be simple, intuitive. And that they can just get stuff done that they want to without having to, to deal with a lot of hassle and frustration along the way. So ultimately, you know, regardless of who we're talking about, that's the goal, that's the end goal. That's what we want to try to accomplish. And that's why we talk about creating a really great customer experience, a really great user experience. Yes. And when we talk about employees as well, you know, employees are an opportunity for many businesses to make advocates internally. And so you do want people who are within your organization at every level to be as engaged with your business um, externally as if they were interacting with it as an audience member as well, because that helps with spreading message and also uh, creating cultures like what's happening inside the organization, exactly what we're putting outside the organization. So I, I, I really feel like it's just a 360 view um, all the way around. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And the therapy piece, I, I just think is fun, you know, because people get a little bit anxious and uptight and angsty, you know, when it comes to technology, sometimes, especially learning a new system, a new process. Uh, so helping people through that, I think is, is wonderful. Yeah, the, uh, the fun thing about that, John, is that came from, um, I actually been written up um, in Newsweek and all over the world because I'd done one-on-one -on -one coaching with C-suite executives in the early 2000s. And one of them turned to me and said, you know, you're really much more like a therapist. <laughs> I thought that was fun. And so that's where that came from as I'm like, yes, I'm your technology therapist. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, wonderful. And I know with uh with some of the the work that you do, you you do in addition to the the end user customer experience, you do also work with clients around the employee experience. And and tell us a little bit more about some of what you do there and how your focus on customer experience and user experience in a digital age can really enhance things like attracting and retaining great employees and just helping people to be more productive. So there's a couple of things in that conversation. (laughs) Uh, Let's start with um, like inside out. So one of the things that I work a lot with um, organizations on and have throughout the years is um, when you're investing in technology, um, bringing the team members into the fold early on. Um, It's interesting because um, we do this a lot with growing businesses is um, outside contractors or um, individuals will decide the tone of the technology choices that get made and then the individuals internally organization just get told they have to use it, right? And so that becomes um, not a great user experience for the internal team members. Um, Whereas if you're bringing on new technology into your organization, one of the things that we often coach growing businesses to understand is to bring on key team members to uh, test it, to be part of the vetting process, because then you have advocates right there within an organization, especially because with technology, there's often changes and it's not just the technology that's changing. It's often a process that might have to change. Um, And it's funny because I'm actually preparing a presentation right now to do at a show uh, later this month around this conversation as well is because making decisions, you know, needs to be done as a team so that buy-in is not only uh, from the top, but all the way through the organizational team. And that can be from as simple as, you know, an E like an advanced ERP system, or as simple as understanding how are we going to use our social media application for better posting, right? It can be so small to so, so large when it comes to technology and the team experience internally. Yeah, and and there really are so many different technologies that can be used for collaborations, uh, for team collaborations. Um, and I don't know if you can speak to that a little bit. You know what what you might do to try to help teams to to figure out what options might suit them best. Because um, I know one thing I get frustrated with is when I'm, you know, I, I so I, I do consulting work, but I'm also a university professor, and that's my full time gig, and and. Over the last couple of years, we've really honed in on using Microsoft products and Microsoft Teams uh, throughout the organization. Um, so it's gotten better. But before that, we were using, I mean, we, every group, every working group, every committee was using some different software, some different way to connect and interact and share documents and, and whatnot. And it was so frustrating. Every time I was part of a new group working on a new project, I had to use some new system and now I'm, I'm using and juggling like 10 different systems. Um, so what, what would be your approach when, when talking with a client about how they might be able to streamline and get people so that, so they're using something consistently, they're on the same page, they're not getting frustrated by using this plethora of different available systems out there. Absolutely. Um, and I love the example that you gave because, um, you know, teams 
is um, an all-inclusive great system. But what I like also about Microsoft, and they've done a really good job of this, is they also integrate well with um, other systems. So one of the first things that we advise when we're doing consulting on this side of it, again, it doesn't matter the size of your organization, um, is to really step back and look at like, what are the needs of your organization? And, um, you know, understanding that you don't want to start with technology. You really have to start with understanding your needs because what happens is it's like going to buy a car. <laughs> you tap in the car and all of a sudden you get Ooh, ah, I see something cool in this car. And then you realize <laughs> you're getting off track. So um, I always told people, make your needs list before you start test driving any kind of software. Um, understand what might be a software that you can't let go of. So you mentioned you work within a, within the university. Sometimes there's something proprietary that has to work with something else. Um, so usually it's impossible to get all things in one application. So it's important that, again, when you make that needs list that you're very clear about, you know, what we absolutely have to have in this one application. And then also, what do we need it to do to talk to other applications? And then the third thing here that I always like to look at is, what other problems is it helping you solve? Meaning, is it making people more efficient? Is it streamlining a process? Um, those are things that will also help with transition and change and um, buy-in because instead of having to do five steps now, everybody, we're only gonna have to do two because we've now set this up. Oh, so maybe they're going to have to learn something new, but we also want to show the benefits of this transition um, and looking that at the needs side before we add on the other piece, which is the wants side, like there's needs versus wants. <laughs> Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital. 
exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Yeah, so so being able to really clarify and articulate what what those must-haves are, what you're already using, what is possible. I mean, the other aspect of this is we have contracts, right? And so sometimes you just have to deal with something that's not optimal uh, and and wait to switch to something new until the contract runs out or you're, you have a particular functionality that only works within one system, you know, so there's all of this that has to be negotiated. And that's why we have, you know, uh, areas and organizations that focus on, on the technologies. Um, If I'm a smaller firm and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what might work best for me and perhaps I'm reaching out to a firm like yours, uh, Walk me through what that would look like uh, in terms of trying to to optimize creating that really great employee experience and a digital user experience uh, for my team, say of a, a smaller um, employee size of you know maybe fifty employees or less. Yeah, so um, actually, I think that's a really important point is understand where you are today. Um, so what do you have? Uh, for team members today, and um, the again, what do we want the technology to do for us um, today? And then, I always tell people to look around three years down the road. Um, and the reason I say that is, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, John, but this happens a lot because I've been in technology for so long. People get very emotional about technology. It's like um, they don't want to move out of the house. <laughs> Um, but I bring it up because, you know, I deal a lot in retail and what's really funny is if you outgrow a retail space, you often go down the road or find a different location and build it out. And we are less emotional about that shift than we are with changing technology. But again, you said small, the thing about small is we have to get out of this mentality that this solution that we pick today is going to be with us in 10 years because it's okay. (laughs) It's not. I think it's really important that we understand that you should outgrow things. And, um, but in choosing solutions, if your growth does allow for that, just make sure that you're choosing solutions that makes exiting easier for you in the future. So that's one of the things I do because I find when we're small, we try and get everything in because we never want to switch technology. And it's a men, it's a mind shift that I'm like really trying to get small businesses to understand is there's going to be cooler stuff in five years. You might want to grow out of it. Most likely, Um, most likely you will. It's like, you don't keep a cell phone for a decade, right? No, who does that? Cell phone past two years. Exactly. No, nobody does that. And it's because there's constant upgrades and we're in a time of continual technological disruption. And so the systems that, that we were using five years ago, if we're still using them without upgrades, chances are it's not going to be serving, you know, us well today. Uh, And so we have to absolutely keep that in mind as we move forward and be looking for the opportunity to grow into new systems. And I I get what people are hesitant 
and fearful of change and, and people like to be comfortable with what they're doing and they don't want to learn new things. But if we can adopt, you know, really a learning culture and a growth mindset around technology, that's going to serve us very well moving into the future of work. Because if we think it's been frustrating and things have changed a lot over the last decade, oh my goodness, you know, in the next five years, next 10 years, what are we going to see? I mean, it, it it's, it's astronomical. I mean, what, what I predict will happen, you know, in the next decade, it, it it's not for the faint of heart. We have to just learn how to uh, adopt and adapt um, and leverage the technologies that are going to help us to be most successful, to collaborate and be the most innovative. And, and ultimately that will allow us to, to leverage the collective creativity of our teams and, and be productive and efficient and, and, and successful. So that's, that's what we have to focus on. And if we get stuck in, well, we've always used this system. This is what we know. Ah, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be missing out. Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting because um, one of the things that I find so often is that we get we're not evaluating our processes if we're not changing. So this is not a technology conversation, but it is, right? Because process improvement makes us better all the way around. And I know I, that's one of like those, you know how you say to yourself, these are lessons I wish I had told myself when I started my business, I really wish I had understood that better. And now I know I'm constantly focused on improving our processes, but sometimes new technologies um, can shine a light on a new approach to doing something that didn't exist before. Um, so um, by that light being shown on it, it may make us go, oh, wow, I never looked at something that way before. And now I can adjust or change accordingly. Um, another thing that I think is really important um, is companies that are ahead of us all, <laughs> the big gorillas out there, uh, as end users, consumers, we're using their tools. So your, um, being, your team is really being fed a lot more technology because outside of the working environment, they're getting used to newer tools that almost the world is training them for you. <laughs> As weird as that may sound, right? Because how many people could say, I didn't expect my dad to use voice to talk <laughs> messages or my dad texts. My dad is going to be 78 this year. So, you know, I think about that. Like, this is a guy who, you know, served in Vietnam. I've, he ever thought of himself in his 20s. He'd never think he would do these things. But the outside world is educating our inside employees for us, no matter what age they are. And now it's raising the bar of expectations as well. Yeah. And, and perhaps we can spend just a little bit of time talking to uh, breaking down the resistance to change. Uh, that's a big topic and we could spend a whole lot of time on it. And, and it, really would, you know, there's so much to talk about any change that happens in organizations, but specifically as it relates to technological change uh, and in digital user experience and, and employee experience, um, any, any insights on how we can most effectively go about navigating that, breaking down the barriers mm -hmm. to change and increasing the buy-in and the likelihood for adoption? Absolutely. So, um, 
I come from the old school technology world of, um, do you remember when you dialed into AOL and they said, oh yeah, yep. Is your modem plugged in? <laughs> and I would go through step by step. Okay. So when I think about that, I think that that's really um, almost in reverse. If we think of when we're going to change technologies in our organizations, we need to do them one at a time and not so many things at one time. Um, I would say plan out incremental adjustments is very important rather than, you know, again, your big picture, your leadership, you're looking at multiple things coming down. But again, you're seeing things on a macro level and the people who often work within your organizations, they're in their micro level. They're handling the tasks in the day-to-day. -day. So Throwing too many adjustments and check and changes at once can really be what causes anxiety. So that little example of, you know, is the computer plugged in? It's the same thing is let's think about the technology innovations we have to roll out and plan out that we do maybe one a quarter versus, you know, one a month or some, some rolling out and adapt to that because again that's another piece that can be super helpful to buy in is I need a couple of months to get behind something and you know this John right when we're bringing on employees and we think about it we give them time to train and learn their position before we start holding them accountable to certain metrics and deliverables so we need to do the same thing with technology yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well, Jennifer, this has just been a fun conversation. We've only scratched the surface. I think there's a whole lot more we could talk about, but um, for today, I think we'll leave it there. Before we wrap up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Sure. So yes, uh, please stop by technologytherapy.com. Um, also feel free to connect with me directly on LinkedIn, Jennifer Shaheen. Um, would love to chat with you on anything. And then um, I think probably I say the final word is um, what we were just discussing, which is, you know, just, you know, plan and grow together. And with that, I think you'll be successful from the inside out. Wonderful. Thank you, Jennifer. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Jennifer and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than Indigo Leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. 
Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.